If I have... So I am telling you, if you want to change the world, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to build the Iron Man suit, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to play theme music during your convocation speech like a badass, we're at Georgia Tech. We can do that. I am doing that. And we are doing this. What is this? This is the podcast known as What's the Good Word? It is a podcast about Georgia Tech athletics by Georgia Tech alum and fans for Georgia Tech alum and fans. I'm the alum. My name is Steven. He is the fan. His name is Joshua. Joshua, what's the good word? To hell with Georgia and go Missouri. Steven, what's the good word? To hell with Georgia and Damn it, excuse my language, I wish Missouri would have hung on, that would have been fun. But, you know, as Tech fans, we've had to live vicariously through other teams, at least in football. Basketball won last year, I think they'll win again this year. Volleyball killed them this year. But anyway, to hell with Georgia, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Speaking from the rooftops. Joshua, we are starting today's show with something very special and unique because we've never done it before. We're going to interview somebody. Uh, We are pleased to welcome into the studio Kent. Kent is a Georgia Tech fan, has been a fan all his life. Uh, One of his children actually attended and graduated from Tech. Kent, welcome to What's the Good Word? And let me ask you, what's the good word? Well, the good word is to hell with Georgia. (laughs) Um, Real quick, uh, your daughter attended Tech. Uh, Do you you mind me asking, what did she, uh, when did she get out? What did she major in? So she got out in 2020. And uh, she majored in, it took me three years to learn how to say this biomolecular and chemical engineering congratulations on that by the way georgia fans wouldn't even still wouldn't even be able to say it so so you lost them with the bio part (laughs) (laughs) they've never taken a bio in their life all right so uh kent we asked you on the show we 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 uh both joshua and i know you you are a big tech fan uh and we wanted to ask you based on what happened uh with the latest news being Georgia Tech finally won a meaningful game for the first time in a long time in football and beat Pitt let's just ask you as a fan what was your reaction what are your thoughts well first of all i for a fan like me to be to get to the place on social media where i'm sharing negative things about the former coach that's when you know you're losing your fan base so I finally this year, it's it's not that I didn't have those feelings, but, you know, you're always there to support the players and the team. And and so I waited a long time. And finally, uh, finally, after the the last loss, I was like this. Well, actually, the two. Yeah, um, I, I just the Ole like, Miss and UCF yeah, loss on yeah. top of uh, each other. I just I just finally was like, I've, I've got to say some stuff. So I tried to keep it a you know, positive, but at the same time, sharing some of the frustrations. So for me, when the pit game, I I was so looking forward to the pit game, just because I felt like we're finally making a decision and moving in a, in a new direction. And there's, you know, I don't know if you feel this way, but there's always that, that hope. Like I I remember I was a fan in the eighties and nineties and when we were good and when we were strong and uh, and then in the 2000s and in Paul uh, Johnson's, you know, I mean, we we did well. There were glimpses with Paul Johnson, so I enjoyed it. I, I was a big Paul Johnson fan, but 
anyway, it's just been hard to be a tech fan the last 20 years. It's been very, very hard. And so there was this hope, and it was almost as if, ah, I don't want to get too hopeful that it's going to be good. And so it just blew me away. It blew me away that um, not only that they won, but the way they played and how you could turn a team around and be so much more um, disciplined and passionate. Mm-hmm. Those were the two words that really stuck with me. Like they played with a lot of heart. It was it wasn't pretty. It was no. sloppy. No. Yeah. So, but they played with a lot of heart, and it was so much more disciplined than what we've seen in the last three and a half years. Wow. So, uh, Joshua, I don't know if you caught that, but we got a scoop. Apparently, it was Kent's rant on social media <laughs> that finally caused Georgia Tech president Angel Cabrera. To go, we got we got to end this. So I mean, they, he was waiting on maybe the most positive tech fan in the country. He's been, he's been tracking. He's been refreshing the feed every week just to make sure. Once we uh, get this one to break, that's when it's time. Uh, I wanted to give you an opportunity. Any question you want to ask Kent, or well, since you're um, the media guy, the the one that I can, the big one that every tech fan is kind of talking about. I uh, want to get your your opinion here. Um, who is one of your dream candidates to take the head coach spot? Uh, probably Chadwell. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Tommy that's he's, Coastal Carolina. Yeah, yeah, Coastal Carolina, probably. But there's a lot of there's a lot of good ones. And I, I was even talking to Stephen here before. You know, what if uh, what if uh, what? Key wins five or six games? Yeah, you know, same. you go I. See, he is a positive tech fan. He's yeah. gone from ranting on social media to finally being negative. Now he's Miami. like, we might make a bowl game. So, yeah. But yeah, it is. A, that is an interesting, and we, and we'll debate that on the show. But yeah, I mean, if Key actually, and Roddy Jones was actually uh, in AJC today saying, hey, there are other winnable games. Stranger things have happened. How many would he have to win to be seriously considered? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's yeah, intriguing. and the the thing is though that I, I again one of the things that I was excited about is that we made the tech made this decision early in the season, yeah. and it gives us time, you know, not a ton of time, but comp- I, I think that was probably part of the problem with Collins is they they had to go so fast because yeah. when Johnson moved on. They had to do it so fast, and the options were just disappearing day after day after day. Yeah. So, I, I think Tex. I, I know. I know that some folks will. Uh, they say, "Hey, it's not the place to be. They've been so bad." Man, it's Atlanta. You can't play in a better stadium. Uh, you've got great opportunity to recruit. You get the right person in here, and and that's going to be a stellar program. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. That- Oh, said something that um, was it Chan Gailey was one of the more disappointing coaches, and yet he had the team ranked multiple times. Yes, and then never won more than six or seven. Yeah, games that's never beat Georgia in six years. Issue. Don't get me started. I know. I agree with that. That's <laughs> the issue. Is we we don't want to be a seven and six or a six and seven team every single year. I take Paul Johnson over that. Where oh, yeah, one year you're reloading, and then the next year you're going to the Orange Bowl. Well, and yeah, and we've talked about it on the last show, which I know Kent listened to. Where you know, it, it, I think one of the things to just broadcast is, hey. 
come get a great education. Find the students who want a great education who are also good athletes and figure out how to win with those guys. And like you said, Joshua, in a past episode, just like Notre Dame, just like Stanford. So, all right. Uh, well, we'll get into other stuff we want to say. Thank you to Kent. Thank you so much for being on the show. And we'll just ex- let you exit by uh, answering one more time. What's the good word in your life? Well, it's to hell with Georgia. Amen to that. Thank you, Kent, for being with uh, with us on the show. All right. So, uh, Joshua, our first interview. Man. I, I, I feel like we've hit the big time. Uh, man, especially get bagging a guest like Kent. Yeah. Maybe the, the most positive facilitated fan the move on, on social media. So I feel like I got a big get. So uh, the uh, so anyway, uh, let's uh, let's get into the news. Uh, I will let you take the first news story. Uh, and before we get into the news, actually, why don't you also tease what the chunk is for those who are listening for the first time or the first time in a while? Uh, we like to do two things. We give you the news up front. That way, if you're a tech alum or tech fan, who conquers the world, you can get on with your life. You can get on with the, uh, if you just want the news, you can finish the show there and not have to listen to the larger chunk, but give them a tease for the larger chunk just to see if they want to listen. Well, uh, we will be talking about the, um, something that Kent alluded to himself. Uh, Georgia Tech was able to take down number 23 ranked Pitt, the Pittsburgh Panthers on Saturday night. On primetime, on a big, you know, big platform. They got a nationally televised game and everything. So the world was watching. Not a lot of people in the actual stadium, but a lot of people tuned in on TV. Fewer people in the actual stadium than have been at the last couple tech games. Yeah. Yeah. I say, you know, I don't want to hear any more talk because Pitt was ranked and they couldn't pull anybody. So um score was 26 to 21. That score, it sounds like, you know, it sounds pretty good. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you giving the news story or are you telling them that that's what the chunk is going to be about? I was telling them the chunk is going to be an analysis. I was just going to say pit one twenty six twenty one. So now you're going into the news part of the story. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say the news. We'll get on with the news and then we'll analyze it deeper. Okay. You're not seeing my wider vision here. Yeah. You, you so, were rambling as a wreck. Anyway, go ahead. So. As I said, 26-21, Georgia Tech. Um, Pitt only scored seven points uh, in the first three quarters. Two of those touchdowns came in the last four minutes on some garbage time drives. Tech playing prevent defense, trying to make sure nothing too crazy happened. Um, Tech offense, not the greatest. You look at the stat sheets, Jeff Sims, not the greatest day statistically. But three turnovers were forced, which ended up being a big difference in the game. Put the offense on some very good uh, opportunities as well as tech did score 14 themselves in the fourth quarter and they were able to ice the game in both with both a long drive that ate some clock and then a very explosive drive that very quickly answered to pitch first touchdown in that fourth quarter um and then last thing i'll say about the game before we get into it the two notable players Hassan hall best game of his george tech career by far 157 yards on 20 carries including a 63 yard run where he absolutely ate a linebacker hitting him and just took it on the chin. And then linebacker Ace Ely, 14 tackles, two and a half for loss, one sack, one pass defended. He was flying all over the field. Uh, I'll I'll see your two players and raise you uh, uh, two different ones because three Georgia Tech players won ACC Players of the Week honors for that game. Hassan Hall uh, was the Offensive Player of the Week. Charlie Thomas – was the defensive player of the week. And Gavin Stewart, the place kicker, 
uh, was specialist of the uh, ACC specialist of the week with four field I take goals. Take back everything I said about Jude, Jude Kelly preseason. Yeah. Ken Segura lied to me. Gavin Stewart, uh, brother of the greatest fair catch punt returner in the history of the world. Uh, his his <laughs> brother, Brad Stewart. maestro. <laughs> exactly. Right. Man, Joshua and I would watch some games together, and Brad Stewart was our favorite guy that nobody else knew because he knew exactly who he was and what to do, and he never fumbled a punt. So, um, But anyway, uh, the uh, huh? He never returned one either. Well, that's true. But that wasn't his job. Anyway, uh, the other uh, I'll give another couple pieces of news before we give our chunk uh, about the game. I wanted to give a shout out to the women's volleyball team. Uh, They entered into the back into the top 10. They had uh, lost. uh, They are three and one in the conference. Yeah, they are three and one in the conference, 10 and three overall. Since last we spoke about them, they were about to kick off uh, ACC play. Uh, They have done that. They beat Wake Forest three games to none. They beat Virginia Tech three games to none. They beat Notre Dame three games to none. They lost at Louisville. Louisville is the number two ranked uh, women's volleyball team. Uh, They lost three games to one. Apparently, that's the first game they've won against Louisville in their last three matches. So kudos to them for putting up a fight. Uh, this week, uh, we are recording this early in the week, uh, Friday, October 7th. They do play at home against Virginia in O'Keefe. And Sunday, they play uh, Pitt in McCamish Pavilion. I believe Pitt is ranked as of this recording. Uh, so they will play in McCamish Pavilion on Sunday, 2 o'clock, Tickets are available. I believe adult tickets are $10 each. Would strongly encourage people to uh, come out and support the women's volleyball team, who is 10-3 overall, 3-1 in the conference and back in the top 10. Well, good for them. They get to break in um, a new addition to McCamish Pavilion. Uh, One of the other – it's not necessarily hard-hitting news, but it's relatively important and kind of cool. McCamish Pavilion did get a new court. Uh, the previous one suffered from some water damage from what I am not 100% sure. Uh, Tech did not elaborate on that, but either way, it was damaged. So they were able to so put in a new court. It's going to officially be called Bobby Crimmins Court. And it's not actually completely finished because of the quick turnaround, because they had to kind of get this done fast. It will be missing one significant part of most every Georgia Tech basketball court, and that is Tech Gold Paints. They were not able to get that in time because it is actually, it's not a stock color. It is custom ordered and it takes a while for everything to be ordered and made and shipped and then used. So because of that, this season, they will not be able to put that down. Next season, we will see the finished product. So are we blaming the supply chain, uh, Fed Chair Jerome Powell, Putin, the Republicans obstruction in Congress, or let's go Brandon? Who, Who are we blaming uh, for the lack of tech paint for this season. How about we just go with all of the above and call it a day? Absolutely. What's the good word to hell with Putin? Anyway, uh, uh, the other, uh, and and you mentioned Bobby Kremen's court. It's been named Bobby Kremen's court for a while. It's nice to give a refresher to the signature on the court. Other piece of news I wanted to give, and Joshua, if it's okay with you, I'll wrap up the other two sports that we saw a couple things uh, come up about. Uh, the golf team and the tennis team are, are, or at least two tennis players, 
are participating in a couple of things uh, very important this week, and I am going to pull them up right now. I had them, and now they're gone. Oh, my goodness. The uh, golf team is participating in the Ben Hogan uh, Collegiate. Uh, interesting, this tournament this week uh, is uh, played at the uh, Colonial Country Club, which is a longtime PGA course uh, in, Virgi- uh, excuse me, in Fort Worth, Texas. So they're playing in that early this week. They currently stand at 12th ranking. This is one of the first big, like all, all out uh, collegiate tournaments uh, for the tech uh, golf team. And also two tennis players are competing uh, in a, uh, I, a kind of a national tournament, ITA uh, US uh, tournament. So uh, good luck to them. Golf and tennis team showing out and showing up for, for Georgia Tech. Got those details, of course, from ramblinrack.com, where you can get all your sports news. All right, Joshua, we're ready to get into the, thankfully, for the first time maybe in the history of this short-lived podcast, really, really good news. Something to be be very positive today. We haven't been able to do this since the basketball team episode. Absolutely, which which was only a preseason, and we'll see how the regular season plays out. But yeah, we, we get to celebrate and congratulate the Georgia Tech football team for a fantastic win, and let's let's get into it. So, Joshua, uh, how do you want to start? Well, um, I wanted to say the biggest the biggest thing that I saw that was different about this team was that they did not commit anywhere near the same amount of mental mistakes as they had under Jeff Collins. So, looking back at the previous games, you know, uh, games like the Clemson game, the UCF game. Uh, Tech had eight penalties in each game, uh, two block punts against Clemson, one block punt against UCF, and another, I believe, against Ole Miss. Um, you didn't see any of that in this game. Tech only had four penalties. Um, it was a very relatively clean game and <clears throat> no block punts, which, you know, again, the fact that we're celebrating that, not great, but it's a relatively big deal. So Brent Key gave a shout-out to Jason. I, I'm going to pronounce it Seymour because that's the the – former NFL player, that's how you pronounce his last name. I don't know what's Samore or Samore, but uh, he had been, uh, he'd been moved to special teams. He basically put in one package and it was max protect punt package. And guess what? Six punts, no, no block punts. And Key said that they felt like they were giving up some speed for some stability to make sure they got the punt off. The net average was still 43. Kudos to the gunners and, and, and Tech's speed which overcame that uh, and Shanahan good, good punting and no blocks because, and, and it, you just noticed it. it was just, it was build a wall. He put a couple of extra linemen in there and they just worked on one play and they got it. So stick yeah. with it. Yeah. Simplify. Uh, it was the best thing that he could have done. Um, the other thing <clears throat> that I really want to, on a highlight, and I think it's the biggest reason that tech was able to win this game. Um, other than Charlie Thomas, because he's a one-man wrecking crew who should win ACC Defensive Player of the Year and get drafted highly in the NFL. Um, specifically, it was the offense. As I mentioned, 14 points in the fourth quarter. And the catalyst for that was Jeff Sims. When I don't know what happened in the locker room during halftime, but the Jeff Sims of the first half and the Jeff Sims of the second half were two completely different players. You know, the stat sheet might not necessarily tell you that, but – when Jeff sent, we were talking about this, um, we were watching the game together, 
in the first half, every time Jeff Sims dropped back or every time Jeff Sims ran a read option play, it looked like he was unsure of like what he wanted to do. And he was unsure of what he was supposed to do. And so therefore he just continually shot himself in the foot. He wasn't picking up pressure. He was making the wrong reads. Um, a lot of turnover, some turnover worthy throws, uh, not really helping his running backs out by push, pushing them into, you know, stacked boxes. Then in the second half, he started to keep the ball more on the RPO. And when he did throw, he looked like he knew where he wanted to go with the ball. And it just com- made a completely different offense because when Jeff Sims decides he's going, there's not a lot that you can do to really stop him. So I want to make sure and say a couple of things that might not sound great, but they need to be said. Uh, there was definitely some luck. Jeff Sims arguably could have had four interceptions. Yeah. Okay, There were at least at least two or three of the four passes that I believe went off of pit defenders hands. OK, so uh, now to be fair, Jeff Sims has had some unfair uh, interceptions, but. He threw at least three or four. There were four that I counted that could have been intercepted. Um, secondly, uh, the the offensive line, which got a lot of credit for its fourth quarter, was really not that good. It still is the weakest part of our team, which is why I think Jeff Sims was sacked four times. But Jeff Sims showed in the second half, and we said this at the Clemson game, Tech is going to be good enough on offense when they're decisive and fast. It, it, you, I don't think you can go three, four, five reads. You got to plant and go. You got to keep it, you know, the plays have to be quick or Jeff's got to move up or move out to give himself more time. Yeah. I, I don't think he's going to be a pocket passer very often. And Jeff's got to figure out where he can get to the open spot to either get the corner to run or throw. Um, So it wasn't like this was a, I'm not ready to be like, oh man, this is, we're turning the season around. But what happened was Tech played up to their potential. Uh, They played pretty well up to their potential. I don't even think it was the best game they could have played, but they played well enough and had some things go their way. And uh, so, you know, that kudos to them for that. And the biggest thing, again, that I pointed out uh, with the new stuff, they did force three turnovers. You know, they were able to, they got some interceptions, Charlie Thomas able to, you know, force some fumbles, get in there. The defense clearly has, you know, a level of talent and effort the defense has kept Georgia Tech in most of these games. Yes. Let's not forget, they were down 14 to 10 to both Clemson and UCF Correct. in the second half. It was Correct. more of the offense did so little that the defense eventually was just got to the point where they were gassed enough that nothing happened. So uh, two two things that came out of the postgame coverage. Um, one, it was stated, I, I can't remember if it was Brent who said it or one of the players stated that uh, they came, they, the, they basically came to the coaches and the coaches said, we're going to keep it simple. Brent Key's message to the defense was you're the fastest players. You're the, you're the better team. You're the best team we have or the best part. You're the fastest go out there and play fast. The defense, I believe one of the players said they asked at certain points in the game for coaches. Hey, I'm not quite getting this play. And so the coaches stop calling that play. Simplify it. Keep it to six plays or eight plays or 12 plays that are going to be the that we can execute the best. 
And you saw a defense execute a lot of great plays. Um, our our defensive backs, if they just man up, they can cover some people. They There's a ton of size in that, in that defensive backfield. Yep. Every DB seems to be like 6'2". Now, the, the downside of that is if you don't build on that and get a little more scheming, uh, you, you can't play basic forever against everybody. I yeah. don't think uh, they'll, think they'll start to pick you apart. Fact that, I think they were helped by the fact that Keaton Slovis was, he was still kind of working his way back from an injury and he's new to this offense. So, you know, that, you know, the fact that he's a transfer plus the injury, you kind of caught him at a, at a relatively opportune time. Um, and I think I, I personally thought Pitt was a little overrated being ranked so high sure. because they lost so much talent from last year's last year's team was good. Don't get me wrong, but like when you lose the two biggest things that made your team so impressive, I feel like any at that point being ranked is a little presumptuous. But either way, a win's a win. They're still one of the best teams in the ACC. What right? They were the ACC uh, coastal champ last year, right? So and they were ACC champions, I believe. Okay, right. They were ACC champ last year, and you are uh, you are a nine win team over the last three seasons. So that that's a that's a great win. No, no, there's no two ways about it. It is a great win. Um, I uh, I want to point out two things. If someone asked me, so what was the difference between Brent Key and, and Jeff Collins or or how do you know that Brent Key made a difference? That that's the way I would say. It. How do you know that the coaches and Brent Key made a difference this week? I'm going to point you to two plays. Number one is the third down play with Hassan Hall's run in the fourth quarter where he gets stopped. I think it's a third and 13. He gets stopped and literally the entire offensive line. And I think Nate McCollum, who basically does everything for this team, got behind him and pushed him an additional 10 yards. Okay. That was one of those team plays that when I see happen against my team, I hate it. Come on, blow the whistle ref. But that was everybody pushing together. Okay, you can call it symbolic, but it was a huge third down play. Uh, we ended up only getting a field goal out of it, but it was a much easier field goal than it was going to be if Hassan Hall had been stopped early. Secondly, uh, the play where Hassan Hall broke out for his, I believe it was a 60-yard run, and Jeff Sims is leading him down the field to throw a downfield block. I there's a lot of sins of Jeff Sims that I will forgive if he continues to show that leadership and that effort. I want him to get more accurate. I want him to be more decisive. But dadgum, on that play, he outran his running back or stayed ahead of his running back and threw a block downfield that I think tacked on at least 15 to 20 yards to the yeah. run. Yeah. So Absolutely. That was a thing of beauty. I mean, I, I saw the play and then they show the replay and I go, that's Jeff Sims. <laughs> it was reminiscent of a Paul Johnson team. Right. You would you, you right. see the quarterback running Marcus, with him every now yeah, and then. Josh Nesbitt running downfield yeah. and just plowing over a DB. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Exactly. So, that was fantastic. I, I I do I do think we should give credit to Brent Key. I think the change to him definitely um, helped. But I also I really want to highlight, I think that this game said almost more about the players than it did Brent Key and the coaching staff. Because the coaching staff, still the same relatively. You know, just the only person that's gone is Collins. So <clears throat> it's the same general leaders. I think it was the 
it's more a reflection of the players in that they saw the uh, athletic department and or the college in general basically just say, hey, what y'all are putting out there isn't good enough. And so they kind of took it as a as a call. To, they, they responded the way you want a team to respond to a coach being fired, which is I guess it's time to to get going because, you know, now we're playing for our jobs more than anything. I will see your comment, and the players deserve a ton of credit. Brent Key said that it was the players' team, and he told the players, this is your team. I will see your comment, and I will raise you because I'm the old guy. I'm the old alum, and I'm the get-off-my-lawn, and I'm the romanticist. I'm not this media guy like you. But I will raise you the value of a coach because what I saw if if you haven't, and and we certainly want you to listen to our show, but if you're looking for any other additional stuff, go watch Brent Key's press conference from last Wednesday. You want to talk about a coach, and Brent Key's has no head coaching experience on the college level, okay? But I saw a head coach because what he did was he said, "We are going to work." And he said, I told, he basically told the players, you have accountability, you have a job to do. We're going to help put you in a position to do the job you need to do. And so if that meant trimming down the playbook, if that meant not calling any other defensive plays because of confusion, it, and, and he talked about, we're going to stack one day of good work after another. You know what was gone? All the hype. You know what was gone? All the blaring music. You know what was gone? Above the line, below the line. You know what was gone was confusion. The players, they they the coach Brent Key and the other coaches coached the players up and put them in a position to play their very best. Now, after having said that, there was a great article in the AJC after the game or in in yet in today's paper that basically said Brent Key walked out on the field and he said he had a moment in pregames where he looked at the whistle around his neck and like, what am I doing? What am I supposed to do? I don't know what to do. And he said, I think it was Winky who came up to him and said, just walk around and act like you're the head coach. Cause that's what you are. <laughs> and he did. And, and, and I saw, and it was so funny. They showed camera shots of Brent key on the sideline. And I saw a coach. I didn't see a guy with his hands on his knees and running around and clapping. I saw a, a, iron-jawed, very quiet, reserved leader who let his players play and put them in a position to play their best. Am I over-romanticizing it? Yeah, probably. But I just go to go watch that press conference, watch him after the game, tear up. He loves Georgia Tech, and he let the players play, and they stepped up and played well. So I'll see yours, but the coach absolutely helps with that. Because unfortunately, our previous coach was not creating a culture of responsibility and players playing to their best potential. Yeah, I, I can. We can agree on that. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued. I, I like what I saw seen. Um, only issue is Brent Key was the O-line coach and the O-line is the weakest part of the team. So that's interesting. But I mean, as a steadying hand on the wheel, I think it's exactly what the team needed. In this moment, he is, he is, as you were kind of alluding to, the antithesis of what Jeff Collins was attempting to be. Um, so I'll ask, I'll ask you for your opinion. We kind of touched on it with, uh, with Kent. How many games and is there a chance that Brent gets the full-time job? So I'm, I'm probably going to answer this question politically. Um, I, so 
as Atlanta sports fans that we both are, it would take a few more wins, but I see that Brent Key has the same opportunity that Brian Snitker was given in, I believe, 2015 or 2014. I can't remember when Brian Snitker took over. It was like 2016. It was 2016. Okay. Give or take. So yeah. for the for our listeners who don't know the and and so many people forget this, Brian Snit. I believe it was halfway through the 2015 year, early in the 2015 season. You keep, keep you going look it up as I pontificate. Brian Snitker was the AAA coach for the Gwinnett uh, Braves at the time. He had been in the organization for, at that point, 30-some years or 40 years. Uh, They fired Freddie Gonzalez. And as a thank you to Brian Snitker, as a retirement gift to Brian Snitker, as an attaboy, thanks for sticking with us through all those years and doing every single job we've asked you to do, from roving catching instructor to rookie league manager all the way up, they let Brian Snitker come out and, quote, finish out the season. And the Braves, who were horrible to start that year, played almost 500 ball for the rest of the year, to which the Braves then go, you know, we're still rebuilding. It's going to take a couple of years. And actually, all the players went to management after that season and said, hire Brian, keep him. We like him. We like playing for him. They kept him another season. The Braves improved. They kept him, and they they only gave him one-year contracts until this last season when he was on his way to winning the World Series. So Brian Snitker was not on in the running. In fact, everybody thought they were going to hire Ron Washington. Ron Washington has been the bench coach and Brian Snitker's one of his right-hand men and loved working with him. Everybody loves working for Snit. So can Brent Key pull off a Brian Snitker? Well, kind of like Brian, Key is a tech guy. Okay, he is a tech alum. He played under George O'Leary. Key... I, he would he would have to show that the players love to play for him. He would have to show that he can handle the coaching job. He was kind of the assistant head coach, so he's been close to the throne. I don't know if there's a number. I think it would have to be that they believe he could keep the recruiting moving forward and could improve players moving forward. I'll say this, if he if he wins is it four more games they'd be eligible for a bowl potentially if he wins four out of the yeah. remaining seven games I, it it'd be interesting i w- so then here's the political part what i watched this past weekend and thank you to Brent Key for helping deliver this victory what it solidified for me is what i said on our last show when we talked candidates I absolutely want a tech alum. I want a former player. I want a guy because what I saw was a guy who bleeds gold and black. I saw a guy get emotional after the game because of how much he loves this program. That's who I want. And I've said it before. My leading candidates are Bill O'Brien and Goose Godsey. I liked what I saw from Key in the first game. We'll see how he does the last seven. Well, just just. Snicker was hired in 2016, so it was during that season. He was hired on May 17, 2016, and then he was there for the 2017 season. Then 2018 was when the Braves started their current NL East championship, you know, streak. But um, yeah, I'm with you. Um, I it'll be interesting because they will have to make a decision very quickly because of the way that recruiting kind of is is structured right now in college football. Um, you know, tech can keep keep trying to get these 
get these kids on campus and keep trying to get these visits and commitments, but it's going to be hard to get commitments from 18 year old kids when, you know, officially you don't have a head coach. So I don't know how that'll work behind the scenes. I don't know if key will have any kind of influence on recruiting. I do know that in this class that they're putting together right now, you can Brent keys clearly got his fingerprints all over the place because like half of the class is offensive linemen. And so he's, he's getting kids at least interested in mm-hmm. what he's coaching as an O-line coach. Now, part of it might be, listen, we don't have any real established starters, and the ones that we do have, you might be able to beat out here soon. Who knows? Um, and in all fairness to him, he does have a very young group. I want to make sure I say that. Like, they're all senior or sophomores and freshmen. Uh, very few of them have a ton of experience. So a lot of it might just be growing pains. But either way, um, I think he has a shot. Um, I think every interim manager has a shot. I just think he's going to have to go above and beyond. Because in the end, you know, do you define that the, as do you define that as a bowl game? I bowl game, maybe. I don't know. I, seven and five, I would argue, because if you go six and six and end up in the in the, you know, tax slayer dot com, whatever, like so I, he has to win five of the last seven for you to think I, he has a shot. It, see, I would want him. I'm not saying I don't want him to be there. I'm saying I think. With the way that Cabrera has kind of sounded in his public comments, I don't think that he's going to be super gung-ho about promoting the former offensive line coach. Right. You know? Well, the, the funny part is all of this is – so I've I've seen people on social media. Do you think they'll give Key the job before they get the AD? No, there's no way. They're, they're, no, they have said they're getting the AD first. Yeah, they have to. I mean that's – It makes a, more sense to get the AD so the AD can hire the coach. Right. If you, you hire to. the football coach, the, every most every AD is going to be like, I don't want to come to some guy yeah. I didn't hire. So, there's no point. So yeah. They'll hire the AD, and it'll come down to what the AD wants. I just – again, I don't – with the way that Tech's kind of talking and the way that Cabrera makes it sound – I think he's going to look for more of a splash hire, you know, because like keeping the status quo. Yeah, you know, I think he's going to chase the Chadwells. He's going to chase the Dion's. He's going to chase the all of those guys. And if he gets one, great. If not, I mean, it is what it is. Um, even with uh, promoting the head coach, I feel like getting a coordinator would be similar because at least they have some experience like calling plays. I think a tech guy understands what's needed to win at Georgia Tech. I will end with that. By all means, listen, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying I know and I'm not I'm getting right. And I'm not saying you're wrong because Cabrera is the university president. I mean, it's not like he doesn't work. We can stage a coup (laughs) or get Kent to post something else on social media because apparently Cabrera listens to him. So they go way back. Uh, speaking of our guest, Kent, thank you so much for being on the show. If you want to be on the show, uh, then you got to, what, uh, what do they need to do, Joshua? Um, reach out to us. If you leave a comment under the podcast, we will absolutely see it. I check those almost daily. It's not an obsession, I promise. And if not, if you don't want to do that, if you want to make it more private so we can kind of talk about it beforehand, uh, you can email me at Joshua Julian. Julian is spelled J-U-L-I-A-N. Joshua Julian 26 at Outlook.com. Shoot me an email. Let me know. We'll get the details figured out, and you can come on and impress everybody the fact that you are on the Internet. Fantastic. I uh, I would like to shout out, of course, we are on every podcast, most podcast platforms, Spotify, uh, 
uh, Stitcher. I, I, I'm not sure if we're on iTunes Mixer, yet. Amazon. Okay. We are on Apple. That's probably the mo- one that most people listen to. Uh, I'd like to encourage everybody to not only uh, give us a rating, uh, but leave us a review if you'd like. Because as of this recording, we do have five ratings on Apple and only one uh, one have had comments. So actually two, I think. I think we so have That's not true. There's a new one. There is a new one. Only, only one, one of its kind. kind. Yeah. So see, you guys are listening to a one of a kind podcast with one of a kind people. We've doubled our Apple comments. <laughs> so anyway, uh, sorry, we got to end this professionally. We got to be real professional. So uh, thank you for listening. We're so glad you guys are here. Uh, tell your friends, everybody that's a tech fan or tech alum has at least one friend, family member, acquaintance that's a tech fan or tech alum. Hey, let them know there's a podcast that's going to come out weekly and talk about all kinds of things, Georgia Tech athletics. We might even get into academics at some point because unlike the uh, university sick uh, up the street, we actually care about academics. So for my host, Joshua, who is the tech fan, this is your other host, Stephen, who is the tech alum. Until we interview you on the radio or read your review, we ask all of you, What's the good word?